Good morning, church family. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Hezekiah. And we have some things to tell you this morning. Coming up on December 18th, we have a Winter Wonderland drive through light experience right on our campus. And what time is it? <laughs> that's a great question. It's from 5.30 to 9.30 p.m. And it's a time for you to invite your family and friends to come up to our campus, look at all the beautiful life, but more importantly, experience the presence of God. And so we are so excited. Um, we're gonna have a digital download for you that you can um, send to your family and friends. So look for that in, on our church app. It's gonna be awesome, right? You're not gonna wanna miss it, yeah? Were we supposed to tell them something else? What were we supposed to tell them? Christmas Eve service. That's right. Coming up on December 24th, we have one Christmas Eve service at 6.30 p.m. And it's going to be across all of our digital platforms. And so you're not going to want to miss it. And because it's an opportunity for us to share the love of Christ with our family and friends. That's right, we're gonna tell them about the birth of Jesus Christ, which is why we celebrate Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. So make sure you tune in, make sure you invite people because it's gonna be a great experience. Yeah, <laughs> well that's all that we have for you. So thanks for, for joining us this morning and from our family to yours, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas this morning as we transition into our time of tithes and offerings. I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. And it's because of your giving that it allows us to continue to do what we do and share the love of Christ, whether it's through our online services or whether it's events that we get to do like the drive through light experience for our community. And it's because of you. So thank you for partnering with us, for allowing us to truly walk in our calling of being a city on a hill and a light in the dark to this community, especially now in this time where we just need a little hope. Sometimes we just need just a little bit more. And you know, that's what I love about this time of tithes and offerings is that it's an, a chance for us to pause in the middle of the chaos that's going around, in the middle of the uncertainty or your kids yelling or just everything, it's a time for us to stop and pause and thank the Lord for all that he's done. Because even in this season, even in the craziness of this pandemic, he's still provided for all of us, for all of our needs. And he's still good. He's still good. He's still in control. And this is a time where we get to pause and just remember that and really thank him for that. And so this morning as we give, would you do just that? Would you pause with me and thank the Lord for his provision? Would you bow your heads? God, this morning, we thank you so much for who you are. We pause and we just quiet ourselves and are still before you and we say thank you thank you for providing for us thank you for for showing us that you are jehovah jireh the god who provides even when we don't see it or understand it you still provide for us you still take care of your kids because that's just who you are and so thank you lord for your provision thank you for your sustenance thank you for just being the one constant in this season of craziness. God, this morning as we give, we not only say thank you, but Father, we offer our finances to you this morning with open hands and an open heart, and we ask that you would use it to further your kingdom. We ask that you would use it to bring heaven to earth. We ask that you would use it to make your name famous and make yourself known here on earth. And so God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. We give to you this morning. And we love you, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, church family, Pastor Sheldon is continuing our series. So I hope you're ready. I hope you have your Bibles and your journals and your pens because we are going to dive right in. Thanks, Pastor Lindsay. And thank you, Hezekiah, for helping mom with today's announcements. And we look forward to this Friday. It's going to be a, such a great time for all of us especially for those of you who that's, that's like your family tradition that you go out and, and you look for lights. And, and with our children, we used to count how many you know, houses we would get. And, and so that's the joy that we get to look forward to as a church 
together. And as Pastor Lindsay was saying, there is a place that you can take notes. So there's going to be a link on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, but on our church online, you can click the spot that says, or the tab that says uh, notes. And then that will help you to follow along. But we're going to be talking about a, 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 a story and some things that took place when Jesus was born and some confusion that took place. And in this series that we're calling Unusual Christmas, uh, we know that Jesus was brought into this world in a very unusual way. And if we look at this year, it's been a very unusual year. And one of the common questions we have uh, for all of us as a church is, when are we going to regather? When are we going to reopen? And I can only say that I, I know that uh, when we don't have to practice social, social distancing as well as uh, mandated, mandated? mandatory uh, masks, where that can be an option uh, for many of us. And because I know us very well, it's very hard to practice social distancing when we see one another. So we do want to make sure that everybody's safe. And, and I get it. We want to be here. Uh, in fact, what we're doing right now is we're, we're trying to prepare for that day when the Lord says, here we go. We're going to regather. Then that we're ready. So we have some of our volunteers here today just to uh, once again uh, get used to how things are done because we want to make sure that everybody's safe and that everything is uh, ready for people. But we'll get there, guys. Just hang in there, stay close to Jesus, stay focused on the Lord, and continue to grow in Him. And although this has been an unusual year, we've always gone through unusual seasons. And that's, that's what Jesus was in during the time of His birth. It was a very unusual season that not only He was born into, but the people that surrounded Him. And for those who understood the coming of the Messiah— they were so in tune with what was to take place that they were able to be a part of what God was doing rather than stuck in the confusion of everything. And when Jesus was born, he came into our world in that unusual way, born in a manger. You know, there was no room for him at the inn. And, and the king of the universe, the one that would give us eternal life, was born not in a, not in a way that everyone so-called expected, or in a so-called clean environment, but he was born the way he was. And it was almost like God was showing us that when the unusual things in life come to us, he can still bring us hope and find redemption in it and fulfill his purpose. Even though it may look dark and, and, and confusing, God is still able to, to press through the confusion and be able to come into the confusion and bring us peace and help us through all of life's confusion. And nothing shakes the core of our being like confusion. Confusion can do that. And the Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion. And if God is not the author of confusion, then what do we do when we're confused? Like, where do we, where do we go with it? And, and all of us are confused at some point in our lives, whether it's in our relationships or in this current pandemic. Uh, for some of us, we're confused about politics, the election. Uh, we're confused about sometimes our own beliefs or what's happening in our own family. But Jesus brings hope and he brings the kind of peace that is necessary that when we're confused with all that is happening around us, we're still able to receive the promises of God because God is not the author of confusion, but he is of peace. And he does that in all the churches. He brings peace to all of us. We're all going to be confused from time to time. Some of us, like, we, have you ever forgotten your age? Any of you here forgotten your age? Like, yeah, someone, someone tells you, like your kids have to tell you sometimes, or, or a friend. And I think that the first time I was confused about my age was probably in my 20s, like around 27, 28, somewhere around there. And I was forward a year. Now, if you're going to make a mistake with your age, hopefully it's forward because it's like, I gain a year. I'm not as old as I thought I was. And then after you reach, I don't know what age, you don't care about the number. It doesn't matter. So confusion is just a situation that, of course, we can get through. But when you're confused and you're in it, you, you just don't know how to react. 
because there's confusion and it's a it's a neurological thing that takes place we just it's not our neurons aren't firing how it should or it's coming from the wrong what are they lobes or different areas in our brain we're just confused like have you ever taken a nap in the afternoon and then you get up in the evening and then when you get up in the evening you think it's morning i did that when i was in school took a nap in the afternoon got up at around i think it was maybe around seven o'clock and i was thinking oh i gotta get ready for school so i got ready for school and my sister didn't tell me she just watched me get ready she just watched me get ready, got my things, and I felt good. I was like, wow, this is like one of the first times I'm going to be early for, well, I was always tardy for first, like, home, what was it called, homeroom? Like, to me, that didn't count because I was just homeroom. So this was the first time I was going to be early for first period. And then as I'm walking out, my sister is just laughing, and then she finally told me after 20 years what was happening that morning. But we get confused because of what's happening in our brain, what's taking place at the moment for some, we're confused in a relationship. And that's the difficult ones, when you're confused in a relationship because of, of love or, or the complexities of uh, what are we going to do with, with this separation or, or custody over children or uh, child support and finances and all of those things. When it's in a relationship and confusion is in it, boy, that, that changes everything about our everyday living. It's like we're living with so much weight on our backs that we don't know how to get out of confusion. But it happens. Sometimes it's just confusion of life itself. And we don't know where to go with this. Or even faith. That there are so many different religions and different beliefs that we don't know where to go with it. And so what many people do is they'll just take a little bit of this religion, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, just to be safe. But Jesus came to bring, it's not confusion, he came to bring peace in the midst of confusion. Because Jesus is more than a religion. That's why we always say it's a personal relationship with Jesus. Let's read what 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says. And we're going to read it together. And being at home, you can read it out. If, if someone is sleeping next to you, just kind of say it under your breath if you need to so you don't wake somebody up. But let's read it together. Ready? Go. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Yeah, we're the saints. The people of the church, you're the saint. Now, sometimes we see the word saint and we think we have to be well-behaved, or that's what a saint means. Or we have to do certain things to, to be a saint. But, that, but what Paul is saying, and Paul the Apostle is the one talking about this. He's saying, no, 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 in all the churches and in all of you, God is going to bring peace because he doesn't bring confusion. Now, there are times where there was a, a confused situation or a confusing situation, and God allowed that to happen so that he could do what he needed to do. But confusion doesn't come from him. Peace comes from him. Confusion means instability or state of disorder or disturbance. And we feel like that from time to time. There's disorder in our families, disorder in our lives, disorder in our relationship with God. There's complexities attached to it because of our past and the way we think and how we function. And we always gravitate towards the things we do wrong rather than the things that God did right. And so we step into confusion, disorder or disturbance. So then what, what do we do when there is confusion, especially during this season? And this may be your first season where there are so many different emotions because of the things that have been happening or maybe something that happened in your family. Maybe this is the first year that you're, you're, you're battling with your emotions because a loved one has passed away, a good friend is not with you, or something that took place that was traumatic emotionally. And now you feel confused and you don't know where to go with it. Well, we're going to find stability. We're going to find peace and joy and a way out of confusion by stepping outside all of the confusion so that we can see Jesus. And here's how. And we're going to look at three things that will help us. Here's the first thing. It, it's basically checking ourselves first. Yeah, but all of these things ha are happening, and so it's in me. Confusion is in me. Uh, that could be possibly true, and it's good that you're able to at least identify where the source is coming from but at the same time the reason why we check ourselves is because we're confused 
The situation may not be confusing. It's just we're confused. And if God is the problem solver, then he knows what to do. He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and he was telling me, he said, you know, one of the number one problems I find when helping people troubleshoot whatever is happening at home with their appliances. Let's just say something goes bad, a stove or a refrigerator or a dryer or a washer, something at home goes wrong, and they call for customer service. He said the number one, one of the most, the highest problem is not the appliance. It's that the person didn't do two things. Either plug it in or turn it on. It came back to the person. So the first thing they ask, normally what they ask is, is it plugged in and did you turn it on? And sometimes the person says, yeah, I did that already, but forgetting that they didn't. And the service person has to go to the place and that's the first thing they check. They make sure that power is going to it. And if they didn't check if the power was on or it was plugged in and they got to plug it in, they still have to bill the person. So the person still gets charged the minimal fee just for the person, the service person, to show up and plug it in. Something that the person could do themselves. So now they pay a high price for something that could have been done very easily if they did it themselves. Now, I'm not saying that we look within ourselves, look within your own spirit in your heart so that you can, you can be your own person and that, that you're your own God now. What God is saying is there are sometimes things that are happening in us that can be easily resolved if you allow me to come in. So, so we check ourselves first. Check what we can do first. Not try to solve everything that's happening around us, but Lord, what is happening in me? In the book of James, James chapter 3, verse 16, it tells us, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and, every kind, every, uh, and evil of every kind. So wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, that's, that's always in us. That's where you're going to find disorder and evil of every kind. And if God is not the author of confusion and you're confused, just check yourself first. That's the entire story of the birth of Jesus and the problems that people had to, in dealing with what was happening concerning Jesus. If you know the story of Herod, in fact, I'll read a little bit of it from Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. It says, When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, remember the, the wise men came to visit Jesus, they saw the star and they, they came to Jesus and then they needed to report to Herod what was going on. And they did. They told Herod what was happening. Herod became enraged because the wise men didn't want to tell Herod exactly where the child was and exactly what was taking place because they knew Herod wanted to kill baby Jesus. Because as a king, you don't want another king to rise up, so you take them out when they're younger. So Herod sent men to kill all the children in Bethlehem and throughout the surrounding region from the age of two and under according to the time he had learned from the wise men. In other words, Herod said, look, if you're not, you're not gonna tell me where this so-called king is, I'm just gonna wipe out all the children around that age. That way I guarantee take him out. And instead of checking his own heart of jealousy and selfishness, Herod killed innocent children hoping to end all that he was dealing with. And innocent children died. Innocent families suffered because of that. When we don't check ourselves first, we destroy innocent people, the people that surround us, the, the, our loved ones. We ruin lives when we blame everybody else. When people had a problem with life and when we go through problems in life and confusing situations and we're stuck in a situation where we're so confused, God didn't bring confusion to our hearts. Sometimes, 
and I've done this before, I bring that to my life. I start walking out and, and making decisions that after a while, I'm making poor decision after poor decision after poor decision. Next thing I know, I'm in this arena filled with an audience of confusion, and I don't know how to deal with it. Why? Because I kept stepping into that arena of confusion, and I kept making decision after decision, and then I blame everybody else, and I even blame God because now I'm stuck in this confusing life. So check ourselves first. And there are even times where it may not be the choices that we've made. Because it wasn't, it, it didn't come from the, the, the choices that we made. It could have come from life itself. So what do we do when life itself brings us confusion? Or like this pandemic, and we don't know who to believe, what to believe, what media outlet to believe. So where do we turn? How, how do we do that? Or here's the second thing. Not only check ourselves, but get outside perspective. So when we're dealing with some type of confusion, get outside perspective. Now, when it comes to the world and things that are happening in the world, the outside perspective is God himself. Like, God, what are you saying about what is happening in the world? You know, one, one state is doing this when it comes to, you know, social distancing, and, and one state is doing this. One county is doing this, another county is doing this. I thought it was about a virus, not about how, how, how we're doing. So how, it seems confusing. One, one, one group of people do this, another group does this, uh, a, a politician does this, but we have to do this. Where do we go with this, Lord? How do we do this? Well, it comes from, let's come from his perspective. That we're not all going to agree with everything that is happening. Yes, we will, see, we will see hypocrisy in people. We're going to see that. So where do we go with it? We'll get that outside perspective. Let's get that perspective from God because he's outside of everything. So he can see greater than what we can see. And just as it is impossible to see spherically around us physically, we can't see, like, I can't see behind me. I can't see the back of my head. Like, you need a mirror to see the back of your head. You need, or someone else to tell you what's behind you. And the worst thing is when they say there's like a spider on you or something like that and you don't like spiders, you just freak out, you just pass out or whatever it is. You need someone else to tell you what's happening behind you. And so it is impossible for us to see just around us and, and, and our blind spots. So it is spiritually that we cannot see everything completely around our spiritual life or even our very own life. So we need an outside perspective. The book of Proverbs says it like this, Proverbs eleven fourteen. It says, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Yeah, when, when there is no guidance, the people fall. Have you ever, like, you, you have to back up or, you know, you, you're, you're going to unload something and you're at home. And I remember this one time, uh, Heidi was telling me to back up. And I had things in the back of my truck and I can't really see her. So I'm backing up, and, and I see her a little bit, and then, and then she moves from where I was, and I couldn't see her in my, in my mirror. So I'm yelling at her. I'm saying, Heidi, I can't see you. She goes, why? Just keep coming. I said, but I can't see you. So you know how you have the signals? You're like, and then, whoosh. Yeah, that. So I'm telling her, I can't see you. So we got into this wonderful conversation of who was right and who was wrong. So... In a situation like that, you both need to have communication. The person in the car needs to be able to see the person outside of the car. The person outside of the car must know the signals, the universal sign. And it cannot be, come, 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 come. Ho, 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 watch out, watch out. You can't do that because then you bang the house or the person. So you need that outside perspective. By the way, I didn't, I didn't hit ID on purpose. So you have this outside perspective for the person to see what you cannot see. That's what we need. We need someone to see outside of what we cannot see. In other words, we're counting on someone else to tell us in a situation like that when to turn, when to slow down, when to stop so that we don't hit something. And it's the same with life. We need that outside perspective so that others can see our blind spots to tell us, hey, turn, slow down, stop, so we don't hit wall after wall after wall. 
Now, we have people that surround us. You may have people that you're accountable to. But, but again, it comes back to number one, check ourselves first, because you are only as accountable as you want to be. And the number one person we're accountable to, you might think, oh, it's the Lord. Well, way to be spiritual. That's good. But the number one person we are accountable to is the person we hang around with the most. Now, you might be thinking, who do I hang around with the most? You know, there's someone that you hang around the most 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're like, oh, my goodness, I know my husband. I don't know if I can be accountable to him anymore. It's like we're home every day together. Okay, it's not that person, nor is it your animal. You're like, what? I thought my bird was, no. The person you hang around with the most is you. You're the person you hang around with the most. We are around ourselves all the time, right? If you're not, you might want to go back to number one and check yourself. <laughs> you might have to check yourself in, but the number one thing is I'm accountable to myself first, but we also include others around us because we have blind spots. Proverbs chapter 15, 22 tells us without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. That's why we have people surrounding us. That's why we have our rooted and growing groups. That's why we do devotions together. That's why we have these different, uh, if we call it a Zoom meeting with people. We do that in community because apart from community and one another, we don't grow in the Lord. Now, I, I've been hearing from people that, well, I don't have fellowship. I don't, I'm not going to church. Now, here's the wonderful news. I was just talking to a friend who is in our devotional group. A, a bunch of us do devotions together. And this is what he said. He said, you know, during this time, I had a tough time because I wasn't in church, in the building, because I need that fellowship. And then he said this, but something changed. And I felt the Lord saying, then go have fellowship. Yeah, but we're not meeting as a church. And the Lord says, but you can still have fellowship. You find the friends that you have surrounded yourself with and go find fellowship. You can still meet with people. You can go lunch with people. You can meet with people. Just practice the social distancing and things. So that's what he does. And it changed everything. And this is what he learned. That if I only relied on Sunday mornings and the church gathering. then I miss out on what God wanted to do in my life. And then when the church regathers even more, he's going to enjoy the fellowship. So I, I can't wait for something to happen in order for me to grow in Jesus. I need that outside perspective. So that fellowship time, whether it's a rooted and growing group, our home groups. In fact, we had our, our Christmas sale yesterday with our, our uh, resource center, and many of you came up, and some of you purchased Bibles for your home groups. Why? Because that's, that's where you find growth. That's where you find fellowship. That's where you get outside perspectives. And if you have that group of people, if you, if you have people that surround you, then ask them questions from time to time. Just ask them, hey, how am I doing? Uh, how am I doing in my marriage? In, how am I doing as a person? You know, check me on my, when, I, when I'm arrogant or, or prideful. Like, call me out on those things. Because we want to be people who are in that pure water that God has for us, not in dirty water. We want to be in clean water. We don't want to get so used to dirty water that that's where we're living now. We want to be in God's pure water. So surround yourself with people who love God, who love you, who want the very best for you, who will be honest but will also be gracious with you, that they're not just going to point out faults. That's not the kind of person you want to be around, that all they do is point out fault. Trust me, that doesn't work. You need someone who will love you enough to be gracious with you so that they can bring perspectives that you may not see. And then the last thing, and this is the... I think we all understand this one, is to bring Jesus into the situation. Bring Jesus in. And if God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, then how do we specifically bring Jesus into the situation? And I've, I've, we've had it at times where Heidi and I, Heidi is my wife, where we, we'd just be at ends and we, didn't, we don't know what to do, whether it's making a financial decision, a difficult one, 
whether it's to make a family decision or a personal decision, you say, you know what, let's, let's pray. Let's ask the Lord. Let's bring Him into the situation. And when you're confused about a situation, sometimes we, we, we try to solve it ourselves, but if we can't, do we not call upon the experts in that area or someone who knows more than you in that situation or, or who knows something better than you or, or is good at that than to just try to do it yourself? We call upon those who are good at what they do so that they can help us in our confusion. Whether it's photography, uh, many of you are great photographers. I'll bounce things off of like Tracy. Uh, Tracy owns a, a, a wonderful company and she does, I, I think it's just Tracy Lynn Photography, but she does great, you know, uh, photographs for families and weddings and whatever else. Travis Hasby, he's, he's a part of our, our, our team. Uh, I ask them for ideas. Sometimes I'll bounce it off a friend. His name is David. He does great uh, videography. Um, it, it, we need outside influences to help us. When it comes to, uh, uh, like, mechanics, I'll ask a friend who knows about mechanics. I'm not going to ask a friend who kind of knows and is like, bro, just bring him my house. I change all your bearings. I'm like, okay, that don't make sense. I don't know what you're talking about. I just needed my light changed. Yeah, 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 I take care of my put oil. Those are not the people that you want to be getting advice from. You want to get people who are experts in, in their field. When it comes to cooking, sometimes you guys will ask people who, who are good at cooking or if, you, if someone bakes you something, you're like, what is the recipe for that? Why? Because they're good at what they do. So you ask those people. I'm so glad that we have a wonderful team here that when we have to deal with things like this, technology and, and, and whatever else, <laughs> I'll, I'll let them do this. Right now, you don't know this, but Erica Giro, she's at home right now making sure all of this is running correctly. Pastor Bunny is online right now, and, and she also makes sure that things are running smoothly behind the scenes. Pastor Kat, Pastor Ben, uh, Jamie, make sure that the sound is going well, things that happen during worship is going well. We have a ton of people on staff. Our finances, we have our council members, we have uh, Shana and, and Pastor Pauline, we have those people. Our campus, we have our team, Mark and Sonia, they make sure that everything is done well. Why? Because they're good at what they do. And so we rely on people that are good at what they do so that together collectively we're able to function well Jesus is very good at life and he's the one that brings peace into confusion he's very good at what he does if you're fearful of the Lord and you're afraid of God and you're fearful of what God will do in your life, then you don't know Jesus. Jesus is the exact representation. He is the image of the invisible God. And so we bring Jesus into every single situation because he's good at it. Look at what he says in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. That word troubled means to cause one inward commotion. To be fearful means to be timid or coward or cowardly. See, a, a coward isn't confident in their ability, so what do they do? They run like a madman to get out of there before the shooting comes. They're a coward, so they run. But when Jesus is brought into the situation, then your confidence is built because he can do what you can't without him, and the result is victory. We run towards Jesus. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 tells us, For unto us, unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and then the Prince of Peace. He gives us peace. So even though our situation may be confusing, it may look confusing, even with all that we're dealing with, maybe at work, or at school, or teachers, you, you, I mean, 
again, I still want to applaud our teachers that the, the way you've been able to handle this year online, or some of you have some students in person and you're teaching online, again, I am so thankful for you teachers who have figured out ways to do what you're doing. Even, so, even, even, even though sometimes you say bad words you know, during the time and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. There's so much grace. I get it. I understand. So much grace. Or when things happening at home and you're like, oh my goodness, what do I do? It's okay. I, yeah, yeah, the Simon would burn, but hey, you still love the children. You're still good. It's like, hang on, I got to mute real fast. Everybody, quiet! Hi. Like, we've learned to smile and yell. We've just learned to smile and yell. I, I think we're now experts at that. But what God does is, once again, oh, oh, thank you, teachers, but what God does, once again, is he brings such peace into whatever confusion we go through. And my heart today and our heart and our prayer, the reason why we do what we do is so that you would see Jesus as the one who can bring peace even though chaotic. And no matter how difficult, no matter what, what comes your way or what problems we face, he's able to bring peace into the situation. Now, I'm going to show you a little video clip. It's, it's over five minutes, so you're going to have to hang with me. Some of you, um, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just wondering how many of you were born before, like, 1965. Because if you were, you might remember this when it was actually happening. Uh, I watched a movie. <laughs> so uh, when I watched the movie, I, I was thinking to myself, I can't even imagine what was happening in the mind's of these people. But let's take a look at this. This is a clip from the movie. Actually, it's not a clip from the movie. It's what happened in real life during Apollo 13 and the problems they faced. So let's watch this and then we'll continue on. Okay, here's uh, we've had a problem here. Can say again, please. <laughs> Uh, it was plagued by uh, bad omens and bad luck from the very beginning. Looks good here, flight. Good agreement. Years before the flight, when the spacecraft was being built, a damaged liquid oxygen tank was installed in the spacecraft. The tank had been dropped on the factory floor. A little piece of plumbing had prevented the normal procedure for removing oxygen after a routine test prior to the flight. And then on the day before flight, filled up the tank again with liquid oxygen and it was a bomb waiting to go off. This is the crew of Apollo 13, wish everybody there a nice evening and uh, we're just about ready to close out our connection of Aquarius and get back for a pleasant evening at Odyssey. Actually, it was the end of the workday. We were fixing to go to bed after we did a few things to clean up, and the next morning go in the lunar orbit and get ready to land. And then that was a large bang. When the explosion first occurred, uh, we didn't know what happened. And that just rang through the metallic structure. Oh, here's the we've had a problem. I was in the lunar module, and then I went down into the command module. We may have had an instrumentation problem, flight. Roger. And we had a pretty large bang associated with the uh, caution and warning there. We started the look at the instrument panels. Uh, one of the quantity gauges of one of the tanks was zero. That was the tank that had blew. I then looked out the window and saw escaping at a high rate of speed a gaseous oxygen because the explosion occurred on the first, the damaged tank, but that also ruptured the second tank, just blew the entire side of the spacecraft off. My immediate feeling was just a sick feeling of pit of my stomach, a disappointment. I knew we had lost the landing. And from then on, 
It was not a third landing on the moon, but a survival of how to get home. Okay, I want you to double check my arithmetic to make sure we got a good course aligned. Go flight. How's the arithmetic? Stand by, we're checking. At the time, it's scary as the devil, and uh, uh, we were handling something that we knew was uh, out of control. And uh, every team that came on was dealing with a major set of problems to deal with. They, they just uh, jumped to the task, and they knew what they had to do. Okay, now let's everybody keep cool. We got the uh, limb still attached. The limb spacecraft's good, so if we need uh, to get back home, we got a limb to do a good portion of it with. One of the biggest things we had to do in the dying moments of the electrical system in the command module was to transfer the guidance system and transfer the angled numbers from the command module to the lunar module. And we only had about 15 minutes to do that. About 20 minutes after the explosion, it was obvious that uh, we weren't coming uh, to a landing in the moon. We were going to go around it. Glenn had already been down in the trench with the trajectory guys and came up with uh, five trajectory return to Earth options. So we would not, we would have missed the Earth had we done nothing. So the first thing was to get us in the right direction to go around the moon. And that was the first maneuver uh, we made. We used the landing engine, the engine we normally would land it on the moon. Everybody seemed to be moving in the right directions without being directed. Everybody had a sense of what had to be done. The training guys brought the simulators up over there and the crews were over in the simulators tracking virtually everything they were doing. There, Every configuration change that was proposed to be done was already being worked over in the simulators there. So you started getting answers from all these various directions. The command module was very wet. There was water everywhere. On every, in the limb, there's no inner walls. So you can see water on all the connectors, the wire bundles, plumbing, every turn of glob of water. And the command module, we actually had to get towels out to wipe off the instrument panel to see the instruments. We copied that report uh, from Jim Lovell of service module separation at uh, 138 hours. Uh... And there's one whole side of that big transmission. Is that right? Okay, copy that. Farewell, Aquarius, and we thank you. So it was a question of getting this entire world geared and oriented to one single job, get the crew home. Teamwork was necessary. Good leadership, initiative to think out outside of the box when things go wrong, how do we repair them? Those are the three things that were absolutely necessary. I was most proud of, of being in this team that knew what they had to do. And there was no doubt about it. Uh, the team completely faced up to what had to be done. In this case, it was a survival challenge that we were faced with. So there you are, we pulled that off. incredible what they were able to accomplish and I, I love what what was said that everyone knew what to do and they moved into whatever situation or whatever whatever their expertise was and they were solving problem after problem after problem which gave the astronauts confidence that their return would be a good one but I, I love what Gene Kranz said he is the Apollo 13 uh, lead flight director and he started off with this he said okay let's everybody keep cool you just by listening to the tone of everyone you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell that this was a life and death situation everyone was calm 
peaceful, I guarantee you, you had believers praying. And in the midst of all of that confusion, little by little, they could solve one thing after another. And the crew from Apollo 13 came back home safely. If we can do that with a group of people who are stuck in outer space, if we can do that, tell me God cannot bring peace into confusion, whatever situation we're in, spiritually. Tell me God cannot do that in our very own lives. He is that big. The teamwork that these guys talked about, the teamwork, the good leadership and initiative to think outside of the, outside of the box, this is what was necessary for success. And we too, we need other people, that outside perspective of the team of people in our lives. When they were in space, they had thousands of, maybe even possibly the people that surrounded them, thousands of, of thoughts of what they should do and what they shouldn't do, but they had to bring it back to simplicity. And being this far away from comfort, they had to figure out something. And for many of us, we feel like that. We're so far from where we want to be, but the Lord is the one who sees a team of people, uh, 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 the cloud of witnesses that surround us. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, who can give us a different perspective in the midst of confusion. And God can do that. We need good leadership. And Jesus is the best at leading a life of success. So bring him into every situation. He's miss he is mission control. He is the one who is directing. He knows what to do. He's good at what he does. He's the expert of life. We can do what we can do. We can check ourselves first. We can get outside perspective. Think outside of the box as you were. But bring Jesus into every situation. And when we do that, where there may be confusion, then confusion has no chance of success to snuff the life out of you because his peace is there. I want to give us some questions and maybe not just questions, but maybe some reflection and some discussion that how has the peace of Jesus changed your life for the better? What has his peace done? Or how can today's message help you when confusion creeps in? And then maybe this is something we can put into practice. Pray and ask the Lord, if you haven't already, who you can surround yourself with to help with that outside perspective. And we're going to pray for these things. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment as we, as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, today as we sift through whatever is in our lives or whatever may be coming up, that anytime we enter into a confusing situation, moment, life, season, and we don't know where to go with it, we're just, we're, we feel stuck. We feel like we're just orbiting the earth. And we don't know what to do. It, it feels like life is being sucked out of us. There's, there's no air, no oxygen. But you have the best way to deal with these things. For many of us, we just have to start with a basic statement of Jesus. We've had a problem. And you have promised us that it's, it's your peace that you give to us. Not as the world gives, that you give to us. So we don't, we don't need to be fearful or have a troubled heart. And for some, maybe they have never received you as Lord and Savior. And if that's you and you're saying, I've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior. I never invited him into the situation. I, I never welcomed him into my life. I've never given him my heart. And you can do so right now. It's a simple prayer. And it's simply saying, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me brand new. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to give me eternal life. And so I give you my all and I receive your peace.
Lord God, if there are people that have said that prayer, I, I would pray specifically for them that their life will be different because of who you are. So we thank you for those who are saying yes to you. We also pray for all of us, Lord, that we would trust in you, that we would even ask you to surround us with people who can help us with outside perspectives, people that will speak truthfully to us, but with grace to help us what we deal with, not just people who agree with us so that if we gossip, they jump on board with us. Help us to find people who will challenge us to be the people you're making us to be. And help us with the courage to ask those people to help us in those situations. And then that we would be teachable enough and receptive to welcome input or that perspective rather than turning those people away and never speaking to them again. Lord, we want to be people who are discipled by you so that we can disciple one another. And so we thank you for today and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen. Man. First of all, congratulations to any of you who said yes to Jesus. Welcome to the family of God. And you're going to see a link that says, I committed my life to Jesus, or I, I said yes to Jesus. Click that link because it will help you with some follow-up so that we can be on this journey with you in your relationship with Jesus. And that's what it is. It is a personal relationship with Jesus. It's your journey with Him. It's not going to be like anybody else's. So you don't need to compare. You don't need to perform for anybody. You don't need to be perfect. All you need to remember is that this is your journey with your Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to this Friday because we have our, our uh, Christmas drive through our uh, winter wonderland. And bring your family because we're going to have these, uh, our Christmas lights and, and decor so that you can enjoy outside uh, a time with your family and, and friends. And, and then once again, we want to make sure that everybody's safe. So when you come up here, you're going to tune into a radio station and you're going to hear all the instructions. And I'm sure you already know to be safe when you drive here, uh, especially being on campus. But we look forward to uh, this Friday and being with all of you. Uh, other than that, we pray that you would have a blessed day and always remember that our hearts are always to adore the one who is worthy because he's the one that brings peace into every single situation. God bless. Have a beautiful week, everyone.